0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online. At kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And you can get all of our podcasts in those locations or wherever you like to get your podcasts. According to the Pew Research Center, about 30% of U.S. adults went to church services once a month or more last year. And of course, that means 70% or so don't go to church very often, if ever. Does it matter? if a person goes to church or not, and what should they go to? What church? There's all kinds of churches. It seems every few months there's a new church being built in our local community anyway. Every time I go into town to run some errands, it seems like there's a new church going up. That's probably a bit extreme, but uh, there are quite a few new ones that have uh, been popping up over the last few years. So what church to go to? And does it matter if a person goes to church? Well, to really understand what the Bible teaches about going to church and God's church, we need to understand the foundation of God's true church. God does have a true church. There's one true church, and it is built on a very specific foundation, and that's something that we need to understand Let's look at a few passages related to God's church. And uh, if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these together and really see how God built his church. Notice Ephesians 2 and verse 20. Ephesians 2 and verse 20. It says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so there you see how God's built his church. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. It's built upon him as that cornerstone. And then there's a foundation there of apostles and prophets. This is from Lesson 23 of our online Bible course. The title is the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's a free course, and it's at thetrumpet.com. You can sign up for it and uh, certainly recommend that you would do so. But it says the prophets together with Jesus and his apostles, constitute the foundation of the spiritual house of God, which is now being built by Christ. See, we're in that church age where the church is being built. People are being called into that church and given a chance to grow and to develop the character of God. God's building a family, and the church plays a major role in that. And we see here that Christ is the chief cornerstone. That's important. Notice Matthew 16 and verse 18. Jesus Christ talks about this, about the church, and how it's being built. And he's giving some instruction to Peter, Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church the gates of hell or the grave shall not prevail against it. So God's church would exist all the way from um, the time of the founding of it down to the return of Jesus Christ. There would never be a time where there wasn't a church, and there's seven different eras, and there's more information on that that we can discuss later. But he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, Christ is the rock. Peter had a role in it. He was the chief apostle. But Christ is the rock. Upon this rock, Christ talking about himself, Christ is the rock upon which the church is built. The chief cornerstone, as we read there in Ephesians 2 and verse 20, and Christ said he would build his church and it would not die, it would continue on. And so it exists today and continues to do God's work. Notice another passage in John 7, verses 37 through 39. John 7, verses 37 through 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So here during the last great day, Jesus Christ stands up and says this. Verse 38, He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The correspondence course notes that the church could not be actually founded until Jesus had ascended to heaven and was glorified. Then the Holy Spirit could be sent to be in those the Father had called. Nevertheless, God long ago began calling out a few to begin the foundation of the church, namely Abraham and the other prophets. So there are a few that were used there in the Old Testament to uh, begin the foundation of the church. But then the church began, was actually founded, when the Holy Spirit came. And that was after Jesus Christ was Crucified, resurrected, and glorified. You can see in Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22, that the apostles are also part of the foundation of the church, and we read that earlier. Christ trained the first apostles. He was training them and teaching them. So you see how Christ builds his church here. And that would continue on to this time today. Is it important to go to church? Well, it is. course it is. And it's important to go to the right church, the true church. Christ said he would start it, and the gates of hell would never overcome it. It wouldn't die. It wouldn't uh, go to the grave. It would continue on, although it would be persecuted, but it would continue. Notice Ephesians 5 and verse 23. Ephesians 5 and verse 23, it talks a, a lot about marriage here and uh, but we want to pick out one particular point in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So we see that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the chief cornerstone, and then there's this foundation of apostles and prophets. God's building his family. The church is being built, and that will, of course ultimately be the bride of Christ and assist Christ for all eternity with the family. And, of course, that's why Ephesians 5 talks about marriage and because it's, it's a mystery, as Paul says, but he's speaking about Christ and the church. Christ is the head of the church. He's the chief cornerstone. Notice Acts 2. Here we see the history of when the Holy Spirit was given. Acts 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 4. At this point, Jesus Christ had been crucified and resurrected and glorified. And, and then, uh, on this Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given in a very miraculous way. Acts 2 and verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Christ had told them to wait, and they followed his instructions the apostles and uh, verse 2 and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting so this giving of the Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost was quite unique and uh, really was uh, done in a way that drew attention to the miracle verse 3 and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, of course, they weren't speaking incoherently or babbling and so forth, but people could understand different languages, different dialects. You know, there's multiple languages on this earth. And so the miracle here was that people could uh, understand in their languages and, and they could communicate so Uh, This can be misunderstood, and sometimes people talk about this in the sense of it just being uh, babbling and incoherent ramblings and that type of thing. And that's not the case at all, because as you read down further, you see that people understood. It was a language they understood. But just like today, you know, there are multiple languages. So that was the miracle that they they could understand what was being said. The correspondence course notes this. The New Testament Church was founded on the day of Pentecost in A.D. 31. On that day the firstfruits of God's kingdom were begotten, not born yet, just begotten, by God's Holy Spirit. And it is by God's Spirit, which has resided in all the prophets, apostles, and church brethren, that they shall be resurrected or changed, if still alive, to immortality at Christ's second coming, in power and glory. You know, how many people really think about Christ's return? How many people really believe that? and have faith in that. Well, as we talked about in the beginning, you know, so few even really attend church services. And then, of course, many go to churches that don't really teach the truth of God from the Bible. So people are just caught up in the day-to-day activities and not thinking about the reality of what Christ said, that he is going to come back. And he is going to have a first fruit group of people that do obey him, that have uh, developed character, that have learned to keep God's law and use the power of his spirit effectively to grow and produce fruits of the Holy Spirit. The quote continues, it says, thus the whole church, the church of God, now the kingdom of God in embryo, constitutes the very first of all humans who shall finally be born into the kingdom of God as God beings. What an exciting plan God has. And then, of course, those that have not been called yet, they will have an opportunity. But God is doing this in stages, and he is doing everything decently and in order and according to his plan. And this is our hope. This is what we should be very excited about and putting our hope in. Attending church is vitally important, and it's also important that we attend God's true church. We need to make sure we're in the right location to really be taught and to understand what God is revealing. Revelation 3 and verse 7, notice this. It talks about, again, this structure, this spiritual structure. You have Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. He's the head of the church. The foundation is the apostles and the prophets. And now we see another part of the structure, Revelation 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? This is talking about the Philadelphia era of God's church. These things says he that is holy and that is true. He that is true. He that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. Verse 12. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name, him that overcomes. It says, well, I make a pillar in the temple of my God. There's going to be pillars in God's spiritual structure in his temple. The correspondence course says the pillars of a building have a very important function. Pillars are often major supports for the superstructure of a building. The Philadelphians in God's church have proven loyal to God. They have not denied Christ and have kept his word. You can read about that in Revelation 3 and verse 8. They have proven to be especially faithful in upholding and teaching God's truths and way of life to the world, even in the midst of a great rebellion in God's own church. See, there has been rebellion in this, what is now Laodicean era, and yet some remain faithful, some continue to do God's work, and they prove faithful in upholding and teaching God's truths and way of life to the world. See, that's what we have to be doing. We have to be supporting God's work, supporting God's church, and getting this message out to the world, and as we do that, we're preparing to be pillars in the temple of God. The quote continues God revealed a tremendous amount of spiritual knowledge to the Philadelphian era through his end time apostle. And after his death, as we have talked about in past lessons, it says, and of course you can read about that and in, in previous lessons of the correspondence course, the vast majority of the church fell away from the truth. And the lukewarm Laodicean era began. See, that's the final era. You can read about that in Revelation 3, verses 14 through 20. And what happens at the end of that era? Well, Jesus Christ returns. We're getting close to that time period, of course. This is, however, there remained some few Philadelphians who held fast to the truth, even during the Laodicean era. All Philadelphians are promised the reward of being pillars, a headquarters position, at God's throne forever. No other modern group will reach that level of reward. See, there's a lot here that's revealed about the purpose of the church. And again, we're just, we're barely scratching the surface. There's a lot to study into, and you need to study into this correspondence course, lesson 23 about the church. But when we're considering church, it's vitally important that we attend it. And it's vitally important that we attend the right one. And we can see how it's built. It's built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And what do they teach? Well, they they teach the same thing over the years and continue to today that Jesus Christ taught. You know, just think about the fact that Jesus Christ stood up on the last great day of the feast and taught. Well, what's the last great day? Who keeps that? Well, if, if a church doesn't, then they're not following Christ you see, there's a lot that we have to uh, really look at and look at what Jesus Christ did and how he lived and what he taught and make sure that we're doing the same thing. Because Christ said he'd build this church and the gates of the grave would not prevail against it. It would continue on. It would grow. And those people that support his work and are part of his church, they're preparing to be pillars in the temple of God. That's a Headquarters position forever. A position uh, to help the work move on and make the family of God grow and expand. See, there's so much that we need to understand about God and His work and His church, and we've got to understand how foundationally it's built. Go back and look at how Jesus Christ lived. Look at what He taught. Look at what the apostles and the prophets taught. That foundation. And then see how you need to live, and I need to live, to be developing and growing and being shaped by God into a pillar, and we can continue on supporting God's work forever. And that family is going to grow and going to expand. So it's vital that we understand how God's church is built, the foundation of it. And again, there's a lot more to consider. We have this lesson the correspondence course, again, This lesson number 23. You can look at along with the entire course. And we also have a book, The True History of God's True Church. That's free at thetrumpet.com. Make sure you read that and understand the history of God's true church so you can understand where God's true church is today and what it's doing. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time. Let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.